0: Hello, my name is Jesse Ulrich, and I'm here to talk to you about the wonderful organization James Incorporated. James Inc., which stands for Just About Mothers Inc. Selling in School, was established in 2006 to encourage and support higher educational aspirations among expecting and parenting teens and adolescents. What made this organization interesting to me was the fact that out of all the organizations, out of all the national campaigns and all the rhetoric around teen pregnancy, James Incorporated is one of the very few organizations that are actually doing what we say we all want, helping young parents and mothers excel after having a baby. In future episodes, we will hear from experts on all of the local state and federal policies that affect teen parenting. We'll find out how they hurt, how they help, and a success story from someone helped by James Inc. For our first episode, however, we are going to hear some success stories from some of those adolescent and teen mothers who received the small help they needed keep their lives on track. This first episode, unlike the episodes that follow, was recorded with one microphone and both the host, me, and our guest speaking into it. So the quality is not as good as future episodes will be, but it was the only chance we had to interview some of these people. I hope you find them as inspiring as I do, as we start with the founder of James Inc. herself, Elisa Bell. tell me your name.
1: My name is Alisa Bell.
0: And when did you first encounter James, Inc.?
1: I first encountered James, Inc., probably as a thought in my mind, somewhere around 1988, 89. I was in college. I was probably in my junior or sophomore year. And I came back to the Margaret Hudson program to talk about my experience as a college person. I was pregnant in 79, 80 with my first child, graduated in 83, went to college about 87, and it was then that I determined that no one was talking about college as a possibility for um, pregnant teenagers at the time. Um You know, the thought process was, if we can get you out of high school, then that's pretty good. But when I actually made it to a college campus and realized that there were so many resources there, I thought it was important for me to go back and tell other teen parents about the new information I'd learned.
0: You know, from talking to people who have gone through the program, I realized I wasn't even sure what my definition of teen was, Mm -hmm. because we spoke to someone who was pregnant at 18. We spoke to someone who's pregnant at 17. Like, how do you define a teen, a teen mother?
1: From a program standpoint, we deal with the whole adolescent spectrum. So that's going to be anywhere from 13 to 24. From a teen parent perspective, we're talking about that person who actually delivered while in their teens. So 13 to 19. But our services are geared toward that entire spectrum up to the age of 24. And the reason for that is right now, statistically, our numbers as a state with regard to teen pregnancy has has gotten a lot better. But that 18, 19-year group, the numbers are not uh, improving as rapidly as the younger numbers. And so we felt that it was just as important to tell the older adolescents the information that we were sharing with the new with the younger ones. And what we've really found is that our best client is that 18, 19 with a little bit more maturity. And so they're ready to receive more of the personal and professional development that we offer.
0: In the state and in other parts of the United States, we spend a lot of time arguing over pregnancy and teen pregnancy and what should be taught in schools and what should be taught at home. But we very we very rarely talk about how do we help those who are pregnant when they are teens? And I think that it's amazing how much energy we spend beforehand and how little energy we spend afterwards. Like what, has been your, what has been your sort of process as you've been interacting with other organizations that work on this issue but from the other side?
1: You know, I'm I'm really glad you asked that question because, like I said, it was about '88 when the concept of going back and working with teens uh, became very real to me. At that point, I started saying, "I want to go back and I want to do a program and I want to talk to teen parents and I want to give them scholarship monies." And so, from then until 2006. Well, let me back up. From, from then until about 98, it was just a program where I went back and talked. In 98, it became really real for me because I, uh, started working on my masters, took a grant writing class. Uh, we had recently had, uh, the death of my son in our family. And during this grant writing class, I was asked to write a proposal. And because I had this concept about working with teenagers in the back of my mind, I knew that my proposal would be about the concepts that I had been mulling over. The name James, just about mothers excelling in school, came to me during that class, and it just so happened to be my son's name. So around 2006, when I got serious about the program and I started uh, putting together the the nonprofit doing the 501c3, and I started engaging with uh, the Tulsa community about the services and what was needed, and for a long time, I was the only one at the table who was saying, Yes, but what about the girls who don't choose abstinence? Yes, but what do we do about the people who don't choose abstinence? And so from 2006, probably until about 2012, 14, I I felt like I was that long voice. And then about 2014 or 15, others became more interested In the topic, and but the conversation was still about abstinence, abstinence, abstinence. And we are 100% in favor of abstinence. We would hope to not have teen pregnancy as an issue in our community, but it is. um, So I just felt that that was the missing piece, and I'm happy to say that now those conversations are starting to be had, and we're having more organizations that are focusing around what do we do with this huge group of people who um, have not practiced abstinence and have elected whether of their own volition or not, to become teen parents. So it's been a good transition. It's been a long time coming. Sometimes in the community, people think of me as being new to the issue, but I've really been talking about it for 25 years, 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of attention and energy and emotion gets spent on beforehand and more about systems of control on people versus how to help them when things happen that again, things happen. Like yeah, it'd be great if, when, when if you teens you know, practice abstinence, but it's like it's like humanity forgets what it's like to be a teenager
1: mm-hmm. and
0: forgets that like maybe you practice abstinence ninety nine percent of the time, but one time you don't and then
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it it would be wonderful if we could live in the ideal But we don't, and for whatever reasons, teen pregnancy happens. And my personal passion and my personal drive is to let those young people know who find themselves in this situation that it's not over. That's one huge part of our program. Our focus is the teen parent. We already have so many resources in Tulsa, and Tulsa is a generous community. Somebody's going to provide diapers. Somebody's going to do parenting classes. Someone's going to uh, make sure that there's an educational opportunity or a daycare opportunity for that child. But we tend to tell the parent that it's no longer about them. And James is here to say it really is about you. It's, in fact, it's all about you. And if you don't realize that, then that next generation really doesn't have uh, a chance.
0: For people who maybe, say, are listening to this and have, are just discovering what James Inc. does, how can they help?
1: Uh, We're always looking for volunteers to come in and be educational doulas. We're always looking for the professional community to come in and teach about their particular uh, industry. We always are looking for those creative entrepreneurs who have turned passions into full-time jobs, who are willing to come in and share and help uh, these young people identify skills that they don't even realize they can monetize. Uh, we're looking for those persons. Every nonprofit in the city is looking for money, money, money. So being willing to donate of your time, talent, and treasure uh, to James is, is what we need. There are a multitude of ways to help. This past Summer, we do the Summer Parent Academy, our our summer program. We've had young people come in and they've started to gather their community service hours for the next year by just coming in and helping rock babies. Uh, These young ladies come to our summer program, which is a 16-day program from 10 until 3 p.m., they don't have sitters. Um, they're out of school. There's no one to watch babies, and so they bring the babies with them. We have grandmothers who come in and volunteer and just rock babies, and, and then young people looking for community hours. Give us a call. Go to our website. Reach out to us at info at jamesinc.org, and we can find a way to plug you in.
0: Yeah, You have a, a beautiful new website that people should definitely check out.
1: Yes, uh, www.jamesinc.org. You know the two ladies that uh, we've worked with this this morning are two of our shining examples of what we do. Miss Destiny Clemson came to us and she was pregnant. She had completed. I believe two years of college at the time when she came to us, she found herself pregnant. As a late teenager in college, again, had a very real purpose and goal for her life, but stuff happens. And, and when she found herself pregnant, she uh, kind of faltered. And through the help of Children's First, which is a visiting nurse organization here in Tulsa, through the help of Children's First, they made a referral to us in order to help Destiny with some behavioral health issues, but also with some goal setting issues. She really had no idea how to get back to where she was. And so her story is interesting because that's what we did. We helped her to get Back, she got off the path, and we just gave her the tools and led her back to the path. And now she uh, is graduated from college this past year. It's it's huge, huge. Uh, accomplishment for her. And her level of confidence from when I first met her to now, it's unbelievable. I think uh, she said that possibilities are wide open for her. And then Leah, Leah came to us through our Summer Parent Academy. She worked with one of our educational doulas, Prior to that, but then she came into the summer program and that first year she she uh, won this camera package and now she's her own photographer. And I've had the benefit of watching her confidence grow and develop over the last three or four years and and now she's a totally different person. Um, not that not that she's accomplished everything. But her mind.
0: What's your name? So,
2: Destiny Clinton.
0: <laughs> I'm Jesse, by the way. When did you first encounter uh, James Inc.? About two
2: years ago, I met them through Children's First, starting with the therapist and then meeting Elisa and Miss Wyneta.
0: What's Children's First?
2: It's um, kind of like a program that helps children from pregnancy, well, parents from pregnancy to the age of two, and they introduced
0: me to James Inc. So what did you think when you first heard about James Inc.?
2: I was a little nervous because I was introduced to the therapist side, and therapy's never really worked Mm -hmm. for me before, so I didn't know how to feel about it.
0: What did you think your future was going to be like at that particular moment? Which moment? The moment when you first uh, encountered James Inc.
2: Well, I hoped that the therapist could help me with myself, issues that I had gone on to better myself. And I feel like I did take a step forward after transitioning.
0: What do you think your future is going to be like now?
2: Big. I'm a a go-getter. And so... I've overcame a lot, I've recently graduated, I've accepted a job, and I'm still pushing forward, so the sky's the limit.
0: Can you say what where your job is?
2: Yes, I'm a coach, the basketball assistant and varsity coach at Tulsa Memorial High School.
0: Nice. I like basketball too. Good. What are some of the day to day roadblocks that say someone, you know, a middle class white person like myself would not even know to think about? In these situations, or a better way to phrase it, someone who hasn't experienced what you've experienced, what would they not even know is a issue or a roadblock that that you run into?
2: I'm not sure if you have kids, but having a kid, there's, um, I wouldn't say a roadblock because I've learned to push through, but there's, I can't just get up and go to a grocery store um, if my child's sleeping or I can't. Travel or do things that I used to do, and so that was an adjustment to my life.
0: I should say speed bump instead of roadblock. <laughs> so what for the people who eventually will be listening, what is it that James Inc does?
2: They do so much. Not only did they help me with the scholarship to Langston University, I got to build relationships with them, and little did I know our similars are very our stories are very similar. And um, it was kind of like more of a mentor. The therapist helped. I built I built a connection there. So, and I feel kind of like it's a lifelong friendship or a mentor that I have now. It's more than just the name. And so, if I ever feel like I need something, I can reach out to them. And then maybe one day I can come out and help and volunteer and be a part of it.
0: I imagine that, that that's what everybody wants. Can you tell me a little about your child?
2: Yes, Desiree. She's 17 months. She is busy. Loving the word no right now. She's great. I have an early Head Start program, and um, she's just my love. She's keeping me going. You know, at first, every mother wonders how they're going to do it, but I've had a bunch of support, and so takes a village.
0: So you said earlier that sort of James Inc. does everything. Can you sort of walk me through like, when, what you learned when you first met them, what happened six months in, a year in, year and a half in, et cetera?
2: Well, like I said, I first met them on the therapist side. I got them from Children's First, and um, they're very understanding. I had a therapist who was lovely, but I couldn't connect with her, and they did the wonderful job of transitioning me to a different therapists that I connected better with, and I felt like I could go to Lisa, and it was no issue with that. They made me feel comfortable. There was no hard feelings, and that was great. So I felt like I took a step forward. Not only that, they came and they visited me at the hospital when I had my baby. They were very involved. They checked on me. Miss Wynette, I remember she helped me uh, teach me how to do my FAFSA, something that I could take on for the rest of my life, especially because I plan to do my master's. And um, just anything that I needed assistance with, they help, and they offer summer classes and different programs in the summer for parents that need it. As
0: someone who's also filled out FAFSA forms, like the more help, the better, because those things are not easy. (laughs) It's not. No, and when I filled them out, they weren't even online yet. So imagine filling that in paper form, which maybe you did, but (laughs) online, I'm like, oh, you type, type, type. I'm like, thirty pages long. Yes, you graduated college. You. Have a job offer? You haven't started yet, correct?
2: I've started in the summer, but pay doesn't start till August. All right. But we have camps and open gym every day the month of June.
0: So, what does the next five years look like to you? My goal is to
2: get a graduate assistant position at a Division one college. Get my master's paid for while I'm be- while I'm being a graduate assistant. Hopefully, get a position in their athletic department or move on to coach myself. By that time, my child will be getting bigger, hopefully get her into school, and be married, possibly having more kids, and just settled. And happy. Yes, happy, most definitely.
0: One part of the James Inc. program is something called an educational doula. Can you uh, explain a little more what that is?
2: Yes, um, it's where they help me find resources. For example, housing at Langston, the different... Um, things that could get me housing and resources on how to do my FAFSA and how to decide on grad schools and different things like that.
0: So they're like someone who has sort of the educational information that you would have had to spend time researching or hoping you would find.
2: Yes, and they point me in the correct direction on how to find things and help me be better aware of the information I need to be successful.
0: How helpful was your educational doula to you? She was great. (laughs) What is the greatest impact James Inc. has had on your life?
2: They have helped me. They were a part of my success. They contributed by giving me a scholarship to help to go back to school and to get my education and graduate. And not only that, they provided a therapist to help me find find out what was going on within me and just being there. The the program's great, and it it's just an all-around great thing, and it really benefited me.
0: So what age are you going to start teaching Desiree basketball?
2: We're already started.
0: I'm guessing at 17, uh, 17 months, still crawling, right? Walking. Walking. Walking and running. Dribbling it, dribbling it? No, just shooting. All right. Now back to back, now you know, around <laughs> the back. Okay. And that's it. Studies have shown that Teen pregnancy is a cycle that um, uh, teens who have children end up raising children who themselves become teen mothers. Have you thought about this cycle at all, and you know what you'll do when Desiree is a teenager?
2: I've thought very briefly on it. Um, I don't think any mother wants her child to have a child while being a child. Um, I will do my best to parent the best I can and to use my own testimony. And have her learn from that and just let her know that she has a life and just try to do. You can't really prevent anything. My mother did everything right. And, you know, so that I can just love her and just use my own testimony as an example.
0: That's really all you you can do with teenagers anyway. So are you co-parenting?
2: No, I am not. I have a bunch of support from family and friends.
0: What was your reaction and the reaction of your family and friends when you found out you were pregnant?
2: Everybody was shocked. They didn't believe me. Um, I didn't believe it. My mom was very understanding, very loving, and, but no one could believe it.
0: What are some of the like ideas and myths about uh, being pregnant and childbirth that you had before this happened? And,
1: now you realize those are
0: just you know things that people put in pop culture that are not true and that you would want you'd want to tell other people like this is not how it actually is
2: a lot of myths are people have kids and go back to their old lives or they have um have children and their parents or grandparents or somebody's taking care of that i don't believe in that family helps but and you grow you have a child and you grow so much and and you leave that old lifestyle behind. Yeah, you know, every parent has those moments, but you grow as an individual and you realize your child's your first priority now.
0: What is one thing you would like to tell us about yourself?
2: That I have went through a lot and I have pushed through and that a lot of people should don't let a, a child stop you from anything because it should just be more motivation.
0: Is it true that uh, once you have a child, you you realize you— you can't, you've never, as my parents used to tell me, you never knew you could love something so much before it showed up.
2: <laughs> yes, that's okay. true. Because you wonder.
0: <laughs> as my parents told me, and I was like, I don't believe you. What did you think you knew about parenting that you realized was not true?
2: Well, I didn't know much. I knew what I heard and what I saw. I'm not a terrible twos yet, but I'm getting a taste of it. So that might be true. Um, they're busy. They're active, and so a little bit of both. Every child's different, so.
0: You removed everything that's like six inches above the ground?
2: <laughs> Trying to. She's tall.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was one of those kids. I, I, had, my, One of my first memories is of climbing out of my crib, and I'm not sure how I accomplished that, but I did. Uh, I just remember being happy about it, and I was, who knows what age I was, <laughs> but I know my parents were terrified, so. I think now that we've physically injured you, I think we can let you go. So <laughs> <laughs> We've done enough. Can you tell me your name?
3: Leah Blevins.
0: Hi Leah. I'm Jesse. Nice to meet you. We won't tell the audience about your sloth pants, but they can imagine it. For the listeners, she is wearing sloth pants, and they and are they delightful. Are flowers, yes. Yes. Feeling it. Yes. Th- those look like sloths. Very comfortable. So. When did you first encounter James Inc?
3: So I was pregnant, and I was going to Margaret Hudson Academy, which is the school for pregnant and parenting teens. And I got my educational doula. She started meeting with me and I guess, you know, helping out with the educational stuff, also the therapy stuff. That was in 2017. No. Oh my goodness. That was in 2015. Yeah, because I had my kiddo in 2015. So it's 2019 and I'm still sticking with it. So, wow, 2015 to 2019.
0: So, your kiddo's been... four?
3: She's about to be four. So she's three now, yes. But I did meet them whenever I was pregnant and then I the first law that I went to was in twenty seventeen. So I was with the educational doula before that.
0: Four years ago, Mm -hmm. a little over four years ago, when you found out you were pregnant, what was your reaction and what was your family and friends' reaction to that?
3: Okay, so I'm a writer, so I'm about to get some dramatic up in here. So the first person I told was obviously my boyfriend, my daughter's father. And we were both 18. He was still in school, and I had actually dropped out before I got pregnant. So, you know, I was just another statistic, but I was like, you stay in school. We'll figure this out. And it was, like, romantic but also devastating, because I told him, I was like, hey, you got to get here now. You know, I didn't live with my family, so I was just making it work. And so we were laying on his big old 1996 Grand Marquise. It was, and we were just looking at the stars, and I was like, so, I'm pregnant. And then we just didn't talk, you know. We just looked at the stars, and we were just, I guess, feeling it, taking it in. And then so we just decided to give it a minute, figure some stuff out. And then he took it like any other 18-year-old would take it, you know, it's pretty like, okay, what the heck are we gonna do? My dad was probably the most shocking reaction to me because we were very, very religious. We were brought up in like the Pentecostal community. And I thought that I was gonna get not ridiculed, but like, okay, we now you gotta get married, now you gotta do this, you gotta do this, but he actually was like don't get married. You don't have to get married just because you're pregnant. So that was very shocking. Yeah. I was so nervous to talk to him. I was like, I think I invited him to lunch away from everyone else. And I was like, so we're going to eat. We're going to be in our happy place. And I'm just going to throw this bomb at you. But he reacted very, very well. He was the one I was most nervous to tell. My boyfriend's mom, she actually took me in and I moved in with them. And so she was very encouraging to me. You know, we got, I got back into school. I graduated with the six month old, which was pretty cool. That's amazing. It was hard, but we did it. You know, after that, it's just been, it's been a dream. It's been hard and good and exciting.
0: Uh, note for our listeners, if you ever invite a, parental unit to lunch they're gonna be suspicious i think from the get-go it's like why are you inviting me to lunch that seems weird right
3: right but you just gotta you know feed them make them happy and then throw that bomb at them And they're like well i'm a little bit disappointed but i have food so you know that's how you gotta do it
0: how disappointed can you be if you're if you're if your belly is full
3: right it was like a burger you know like a big old juicy burger so
0: it's like why don't you get a double with some bacon on it (laughs) like I'm real sleepy absolutely so is the is the boyfriend still in the picture? Are you co-parenting?
3: So we did break up for a while, and I did the single mom life for a minute, and it was pretty tough, but he's back into our lives. He's working pretty hard, and I'm actually really proud of him. You know, I think he just, whenever you're so young and you don't know who you're supposed to be and you add a child to that mix, it just kind of throws you into a big old spiral of just... Like, unexplained, unknown, everything. So I, you know, I'm still working towards some bitterness that I had with him. And, but we're working through it. We're making it work. And our daughter is happy. And that's our goal. As long as she's happy, we can work on us later.
0: Is he just in the picture as a parent? Or is he also in the picture as, like, a boyfriend again? Um, Or is that what you're working on?
3: We, I would say we are together. I don't really know what term it is. We're living, we're we're co-living. We do have a lot of personal and individual stories and traumas to work on separately. But I think once we're in good places individually, that then we can start working on our history together, I guess. But, you know, that's all we can do. But we're in a place where we can talk to each other now, which that... It took a while to get there.
0: Yeah. Not to stereotype all men, but we're not the best at talking about our feelings, especially at 18, let alone uh, 38, which is how old I am. Um, Sometimes I'm just feeling things. I can't explain them. What are some of the myths uh, and ideas that you had about pregnancy and uh, raising a child that you realize now are just complete falsehoods?
3: I would say... I don't know. A lot of people give us a lot of excuses for being teen parents. They're like, oh, well, you're still young. You know, you still have your, have your life ahead of you, which is true in a sense. But we have to grow up. We have to mature. We have to not only look at our futures, but we have to look at the futures of our children. So I don't like it when we're given the excuse, well, you're still young. It's okay to mess up right now, which, again, I understand that in a way, but... It's not just our lives anymore. So we have to be, you know, proactive and just moving forward constantly, setting goals, being good parents. And definitely another one I would say is you're going to become your parents. So I love my dad. He's absolutely amazing. He was a hard worker. But we we were a very unemotional family. And so I'm trying to teach my daughter that emotions are okay. But it's still hard for me because I'm not a very open person in a sense. But, so I'm definitely trying to instill the fact that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to come talk to me, because I didn't really feel like I had a support system until I met my boyfriend's family. They were more supportive. And it's not like I couldn't go to my family. It was just like, we're all just very different households. You know, like I couldn't I could go to them, but I just didn't really feel like my problems were any more different than theirs. You know, so definitely I I feel like I'm not doing better than my dad. I'm just I'm just evolving my kid differently so that she can grow up in this world and feel like she can talk to me. She can expose her emotions and then regulate them and just feel them. And that's definitely the hardest part for me, I think.
0: Do you think it would have been different if you, got, if you were pregnant at 16 versus 18?
3: I definitely think it would have been different. Just the way that I grew up, I, so I moved out of my house when I was 17. But if I were 16 and living at home, I do think that it would be very different because then I would have to depend on my family a lot more. Um, and I'm very independent. So I think that, you know, maybe my family feeling like they had a say in my child's life, that would probably be a problem with me because I don't know, you know, like it was still hard for me at 18, but I know it's even harder at 16 because you don't really have the option. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going to move out. I mean, the option is there, but the likelihood is harder. Education's going to be harder. Jobs are going to be harder. Like you just at sixteen, you have to depend way more on your family and your surroundings, and you know you have to keep your kid around certain people, even if it's a negative environment. You don't really have a choice to get out. Whereas I did. I was eighteen. I was still living with his family, but it wasn't a bad environment for me. It was a healthy environment where I could be vulnerable. And I had um, hyperemesis gravidarum, which is a vomiting syndrome. When I was pregnant, I lost a whole lot of weight. And for me being sick in my family, it was like, well, go in your room. Don't come out. Take care of yourself. So I had to adjust to the fact that his family, they came in when I was vomiting all over the place. And they were like, hey, honey, okay, what can I get you? And I'm like, leave me alone. I had to just adjust to stuff like that. Definitely.
0: What is one thing you would like to tell us about yourself? Just you as a person.
3: Ooh, that's nice. Me as a person. Let's see. I don't know. I would say that I'm, I guess, really creative. And I think my biggest fear is to be forgotten. So I feel like I have to dabble in a lot of different things so that when I, you know, I pass away when I'm older, hopefully. That I just, there's certain things to, for people to remember me about. Because my mom passed away when I was very young. I think I was about five. And so I have one picture and one drawing of a tree that she drew. And so those are my memories of her. And so definitely my kiddo, like my goal is that when I pass away, when I'm 105, that She's going to be like, okay, well, I miss my mom. Let me go read this book or let me read this poem or let me look at this terribly painted picture, but still my mom made it. So this is important to me.
0: I like how those are all physical mediums and not like the online graveyard. that will probably be Instagram and Facebook at the time.
3: Oh, heck no. No, it has to be. I'm terrible at social media. Like I have to have it for my photography business and I'm struggling. (laughs) I am struggling because I would much rather have a printed portfolio where people can flip through the pages, mm-hmm. but that's so out of style. But you gotta, you I'm gotta, bringing it back.
0: You gotta have that website.
3: <laughs> right.
0: And everyone thinks they're a photographer now because they can take a half decent selfie. Which, again, like, selfies are all terrible photos to begin with, but.
3: <sighs> yeah, it, there's definitely a lot of different styles with photography. Oh, I, I was, could was talk very sm- about it. Listen, that was a very
0: smooth. Um, Nicer way of saying what I was saying. Right.
3: Because I'm a very artsy person. So I believe, you know, there is no bad art. Like if someone throws a tomato at a canvas, like I might be like, that's lame. Why would you do that? But to them, they came up with the idea to grab that tomato, throw that tomato at the painting and to see what it's going to turn into. And that's important to me as a person. Like if you were to give middle schoolers the topic of, okay, well, I want someone to write, I want all of you to write a story about a tree. Every individual person is gonna have a different concept of their tree in their mind, and they're all gonna come up with a different story. So that's that's See, my thing. That
0: sounds like art while that tomato thing does not sound like art. Right.
3: <laughs> but it's still the idea of coming up with their own thing. And that's important.
0: Thank you all for listening. We want to thank Alita Surat for our wonderful music. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast, The James Inc. Podcast, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow James Inc. on Facebook and Twitter for updates on what James Inc. is doing. And look forward to our future episodes, which will be coming out monthly. And the next series of episodes, we are going to talk and share and discuss the history of the Margaret Hudson program here in Tulsa.